Hello, hello, hello. My name is Nick Hinman, and I am excited to welcome you to the very first episode of The Horse Race. Alright, so like I said earlier, my name is Nick Hinman. I'm a sophomore here at KU studying philosophy and political science. Um, I feel like the name of this podcast was a little bit of an explanation. The horse race refers to the way that the media tends to cover politics, uh, focusing on it like a sports event, focusing on who's winning, uh, why they're winning. Sometimes we'll get down to the policy level and explore why people support policies, but they never really get down to the theoretical level and explore why individuals see the world the way they do and how that affects their uh, political beliefs. So that's what we're going to try to do, sort of fill that void. Uh, we're going to bring in some people and talk to them about you know, the way they grew up, where they grew up, how they grew up, um, the way that they've experienced the world and how that translates into the way they see political life um, in Kansas, in their communities, um, in the United States, and of course, the world as a whole. So thank you for tuning in and joining us on the first step of this journey, and we'll hope you stick around. So for my first guest on the show, um, I brought along a pretty special friend of mine. Uh, his name is Logan Stensing. He is a sophomore from El Dorado, Kansas. He's also the executive director of the KU Young Democrats. Now, full disclosure, um, I'm also part of the KU Young Democrats. I'm actually the treasurer. That being said, this isn't a partisan show, although uh, in our discussions we might get to the point where we're talking about um, party identification and all that. That's not the main focus. So I don't want to take too much away from uh, letting him tell his own story. So without further ado, um, I'd like to introduce Logan Stensing. So Logan, hey. how does it feel to be the uh, first first ever guest on the horse race? Hey, it feels pretty good. Um, glad to be here. I think it's pretty exciting to see. Um, you know, I've, Nick kind of has talked to me about uh, what he wants to do with the horse race. I think it sounds like a really cool idea that could probably kind of... Uh, venture into some areas that I don't think really gets talked uh, through a lot in our uh, media discussion, and that's really just where we're coming from, and I think that's a really important discussion. So, Well, that was a lot more flattering than I expected. I was expecting um, more vulgarity and harsher words. <laughs> so that being said, um, I guess we'll move on to the questions. So if you just want to um, talk a little bit about your life before coming to KU and, um, you know, maybe how that shaped the way that you see the world, you know, whether that's through your family life yeah. or the, your community that you were growing yeah. up in. Um, so I was born in Wichita, Kansas. Um, when I was two, my family, my parents got divorced and, uh, I moved to my mom had more majority custody and she moved to Michigan. Uh, so primarily like beginning of my life, I was going in between Kansas and Michigan a lot. So I didn't really have like a identity per se. Um, but then when you turn elementary school age, you have to start actually like attending school, uh, because you like previously you can just kind of do daycare and stuff. So, um, I started going to, uh, in Michigan at to school. Um, I would never really see my dad, but my dad decided that he was going to move up to Michigan to 
spend time with me and be kind of a part of my life, which I think is a pretty significant, you know, thing for someone to do uh, when they didn't have to, especially where, um, you know, a lot of parents, I think that's something that's shaped me a lot as I've seen a lot of um, people go through divorce and how that's kind of changed how we have our, you know, the typical family dynamic. Yeah, the family structure, yeah, like the, the nuclear family. family. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's not the 1950s anymore. No, no, it's, right. it's, I think a lot of people can relate with that differently. And I just think um, that may have exposed me to maybe growing up quicker, if that makes sense. Growing, I yeah. feel like, the, yeah, you have the, to grow up quicker and the you have maturity to. maturity came Yeah, you have faster. to, you, you, you realize that the world is not as simple as, yeah, you're like led to believe, right? That, yeah, you know, as a kid, you you grow up and you yeah. see all, in all the movies. You yeah. know, I, I like myself. I was raised on '80s movies, and you yeah. see sort of this the the continuation of the nuclear family that yeah. you see from like the '40s. Mm. Uh, you know, you see the mom, the dad. Yeah. you know, one girl, one one boy, yeah. and like everything's perfect, white picket fence. But obviously, yeah. um, certain yeah. things lead us to understand that's not really the case. Yeah. So um, you're talking about living in Michigan. Um, so when did you move to El Dorado? I moved back uh, in sixth grade. Um, when you turn 11 in the state of Michigan, you have the right to uh, decide what parent you want to stay with. Oh, okay. So I literally, like, was given the choice. Um, so that's, like, kind of a hard choice to make when you're 11. Especially for an 11-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, I think going through experiences like that, um, it shows you that the world is not as happy as you'd like to think it is right and so i like i mean that's like a really morbid take on that <laughs> like like right um, but reaching into the depths well, yeah of your, but like of your I think past here yeah no 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 it's it's important though because you know if we didn't look at the problems and look at like how the world really is and how it really sucks for some people yeah then we couldn't like try to do something about it yeah so one thing you mentioned earlier was um kind of being split between two parents being split between Kansas and Michigan. Yeah. Um, kind of struggling to find an identity. I, I think that's something that's pretty central to the way that we see the world, especially yeah. through a political lens. Yeah. Um, so, you know, today, w what would you say your primary identity is for some people? It's, it's their sort of subnational communities, yeah. like maybe, um, you know, being a member of an LGBTQ community yeah. for others, it's their state. Uh, yeah. and for others, for, for most people, probably their especially their political identity yeah. lies in their country. Yeah. You know, like what would you say that you kind of see yourself as? Um, I mean, even though I may have had that split identity in the sense of not being raised completely in Kansas. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the one thing that uh, it's very similar to like, OK, the one thing that is gets mentioned every time when you have a new class is like the icebreakers. And it's like the one interesting thing about you. I would always say I'm from Kansas, like throughout all of my elementary school days. I remember that being like the one thing I could hold on to because right. my family, like I had no family in Michigan. Like, yeah, it's just so like that was the one thing that I could say that made me unique and special. So like when I came back. It was weird because then it like wasn't something You're that not I, unique, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone so like, in El Dorado so, yeah, is from so, El Dorado. So it, like, <laughs> so it turned into this thing. I mean, if I would say like an identity, I would say um, so, like a community member, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, and, like in the vaguest sense, because I think like we look too much at a lot. I mean, and our identities are so important because they affect how everything I, I personally believe that they affect our entire life yeah but you know to me uh i think that just 
serve like being a neighbor or like someone in a community because no matter where you are there are human beings that are there too and that you like I don't know that's a very weird you know no, what I'm saying like it's like I, it's like this shared experience and it's like I don't really identify like I'm not super patriotic it's not I think it's I think I more kind of lean towards just the um, the sense of there are people and I'm a person and we're like all in this together and our experiences are so similar. Right. And it's interesting because kind of the, the first political conception of community, you know, back even in the ancient times, it's, it's yeah. that local. It's it's yeah. your city, your city state, yeah. your, you know, your tribe. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's, there's a few empires here and there, yeah. but for the most part, your identity lies with those that would live within a certain radius yeah. of you. Yeah. And, and I, I think in a more rural community oh, yeah. uh, of El Dorado, that, that still kind of holds true. You know, I'm yeah. from Kansas City and that, you know, my my political allegiance, you know, most people's political allegiance is to the United States. Yeah. You know, some people are proud Kansans. I yeah. I consider myself one of them. Yeah. but not a lot of whole people do. Oh yeah, no, like I'm I I think I'm a proud Kansan now in the sense of I look at our history, right? And you know, I can see a lot. There's obviously bad things, and we need, must acknowledge the, yeah, the, but, the know, very negative aspects. Every but, person that but, considers themselves a progressive yeah, yeah, holds but, on yeah, to that. Yeah, bleeding but, Kansas, but John Brown. But it's like it's the beauty and like the struggle. If that makes sense, oh, like yeah. you know, what I'm saying, like it's that sense of even though they may not have been pure of intention, like they 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 may not have like their actions may not have been pure of um, crit- criticism, right? But I still believe that like we've we're constantly struggling to fight for like that the better thing. And like another point on like the community thing, which I think is so interesting because I feel like now. Um, something that was talked about, like when we were kids, like if you didn't finish your vegetables, something I was told was, oh, well, like what about the like the, the hungry, starving, yeah, yeah, the hungry yeah, kids yeah. in Africa, yeah. right? No, no, the and guilt so, trip, yeah, yeah the guilt trip. <laughs> but like, what's so funny is like, what about the hungry kids in our community? Yeah. You know, like it's crazy that we we like we distance ourselves from it in a sense of like, oh yeah, they're in Africa, like it's like it's typical there, but. It's really just – I think that's something that's shaped my personal opinion is that I believe our first obligation is to our local community because if we all did that, if we all cared about it, think about how good the world would be if we right. all did it. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Your kind of – your conception of political life is just taking care of those around you, and if yeah. we all did that, like, we'd be all right. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to go back to something you were saying earlier about yeah. the, the kind of – the Kansas spirit – of doing the right thing and, and fighting for something. I thought about this before and I kind of conceptualized it as like prairie righteousness. Yeah. This idea that like, okay, if you look at the 2016 presidential primaries, um, you know, on on the Democratic side, we had Bernie Sanders, which in and of itself is kind of telling. And uh, But on the Republican side, like we, we didn't go for Donald Trump. Yeah, We didn't go for Marco Rubio. We went for Ted Cruz. Yeah, You know, we went for the one that out of all of them, I think we would call him like a conservative firebrand. This idea of like we need to save this country—it's—it's it's a righteous cause. It, it's mm-hmm. something that's very morally based. Yeah. While in other places, I'm not sure that's the case. I can't. I'm not sure I can say yeah. that in Florida, it's the same way that ev- that Republicans and Democrats yeah. alike are feel like they're truly fighting for the soul of their state. I think that's something that's unique, and I, I, I'm I'm proud to be part of that tradition. But yeah, it's it, different. It's weird. I I would say you know because I think I I'm uniquely I see both sides because i mean 
both of my grandparents are Pentecostal Christians, oh, meaning that like that is literally <laughs> the most Bible thumper you get. Oh, like yeah. that's the hardest core, like hardcore. Um, and it's so interesting, you know, I see their values and um, the the way they talk about certain groups of people and like obviously they're very conservative and they like voted for um, Trump. Um, but they were really in favor of Ted Cruz too because of his like religious stances. Yeah. Um, but I think it uh, ultimately um, it's so interesting to me that I can love them, but like absolutely hate their ideas, and I can even admit to having seeing their values that they live through every day, like the things they like. Um, like my grandparents would do anything for anybody. If they if they if they see that it's happening like they need if they're needed right. they would be there and I think and I was like and I was taught that but like for some reason th- we're able to like step out of that um, that that uh, idea and that perspective when it becomes like politics you know and it's it's just so it's peculiar to me that like we're unable to reach that divide of like we can care when it's like our own individual action showing we're caring but like when it talks about like a vote and like caring for more people it's like we suddenly almost are like we 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 contract and we go back it's the difference between the the concrete and the abstract in a way and and i think there's there's an interesting concept called um i'm gonna mind butcher this but like the circle of empathy or circle Mm -hmm. of compassion where um, this idea that geographically speaking, the closer someone is to you, the more likely you are to want to show them compassion and kind of care about them. Yeah. So, you know, it might be the case that uh, someone in my community, I would do anything for them. I would, mm-hmm. I would just straight up give them money. Yeah. But when it comes to supporting a family that maybe lives in California or New York, yeah. that's not that much like me, that lives far away, all of a sudden um, giving money to that person, maybe in the form of, of redistribution or, mm-hmm. or taxes, that becomes a whole lot less or a whole lot harder for me to justify doing that um and i think it's kind of reflected i guess kind of in your conception of of a political community that you know you focus on just helping that people that are closer to you because it's easier to convince people to do that that they're altruistic yeah you know intentions only spread so far and i and i you know going back to the you know the um what was your term prairie prairie righteousness righteousness. (laughs) that's a that's a nick (laughs) Kenyon copyright everyone there you go helping your dissertation yeah Um, thanks no i uh I, you know, like I was thinking it's so interesting because like Crawford County in Kansas was one of the only counties that's ever voted for a socialist president. Like they voted primary, like, like they, Eugene Debs. For those of, for those of us who aren't so, um, geographically inclined. Crawford County is in South East Kansas. It is right beneath Bourbon County where Fort Scott is. Okay, thank you for yes. for the listeners. Yeah, it's right on the border of Kansas and Missouri. Um, and this county, Crawford County is where Pittsburgh is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it's Pittsburgh. Um, then it, uh, you know, they voted that way. And I mean, I was also a um, caucus captain for Bernie Sanders in 2016, and it's amazing to have lived in Kansas and to be told that you know we are all supposed to believe this way when people were like ready for Bernie to run like they were so ready and like the overwhelming positivity that I had in El Dorado Kansas you know I mean we had nearly 300 people show up for Bernie at the caucus and 50 show up for Hillary 
and you know and like that's you know it's not necessarily showing you know i don't want to take a political um you know favoritism in that that uh, regard but i think it's interesting it shows something about what that community values right you know because that's that's ultimately ultimately what it is i mean that's what every when we see candidates that are up and we when they select them we literally that's supposed to be a gauge of like our values as a society right which is crazy when you think of like all the politicians we have in office that aren't reflective of our values right so it's so interesting to like that the um the lack of uh synchronization between those yeah and okay so so i I, we're kind of running out of time so i want to yeah i'm just going to go ahead and and, and go and go all in uh not to out you on air or anything but do you consider yourself a socialist i would say i'm a democratic socialist do you want to I'll elaborate. How would you? How okay. this is like, okay. so this is yeah, something. This is, this is a discussion. This is this is like this the is discussion. something that I, I feel like a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of different definitions of of, of socialism, and yeah. I, I would say that none of them are ever really right. It's yeah. one of those things yeah. that um, that is kind of up in the air. This is this is this, I'll go and call it out because go for it to anybody that would say socialism is bad because look at history. They're right. Like look at historically. Most socialist countries that have been like, you know, that we know as uh, that we associate like Venezuela, Russia, you know, not Russia, Soviet Union, um, China uh, and many others, um, they've collapsed and they're like moving towards a capitalist system. The one thing that I always think is so interesting, though, is I name one of those countries that has failed as a socialist society that had democratic ideals. So the, I guess this might be a little more in the weeds, but if we talk about, um, you know, Marx and Lenin and, and yeah. for the, for the record, I, yeah. I, I don't consider myself a socialist, but I think it's, I think it's a topic that should be removed from taboo. I think the Overton window needs to shift and I think we need to have honest discussions about it. But, um, when it comes to democratic means of control, I mean, I, I think you're right. There's a difference between, you know, orthodox Marxism and the dissolution of the state. You know, yeah. Marx wasn't saying that we need to have a bloody revolution. And, you know, he only briefly mentions the dictatorship of the proletariat. And while Lenin, on the other hand, says that, OK, no, the revolution needs to happen now. And it needs to happen because uh, or needs to happen via a, a violent revolution yeah. led by a vanguard of, of the workers. And they need to establish a well, dictatorship yeah, until society yeah. and, dislo- like dissolves into yeah, and, and I guess, a stateless one. Yeah. And my thing is that I don't, I, you know, when people refer back to the prominent thinkers that have been commonly associated with socialism, I think it's, um, it's interesting because the conversation, you know, they don't, necessarily bring it in regards to like the modern day of like what we could actually accomplish with like democrat like in within a democratic system and i believe that um something that i think is really important is not only having a democracy but i believe having a country where um people or the citizens are accustomed to democratic ideals like we because the thing is is like we all value our vote right like we all believe our own personal opinions matter and I think that's important because it's in, in previous societies where socialism prevailed and then it failed. Those were in societies where they were in, you know, I mean, if within you look at Venezuela, like it was a military like dictatorship. And then now it's like and then it still is basically, you know, and like there's there's so many other situations where 
they, there was already such injustice happening in the country to where the, the only way the people knew how to govern was through fear and power. Like there was this power structure that they constantly had. Um, there was no there was no understanding of like um, how a democracy should function at like the person level, if that makes right. sense. Like it's it's a, it's a very like and I, this is like I don't know if this is right or all. This is like my own personal no, yeah, opinion of fine. like that's what we're here for. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's literally what I've seen in the world and what I presume and it's literally just that i believe when that capitalism is great in the sense that it has instilled us this value of our in the individual but it's like time to realize that power in the individual individual realize um the importance of our experiences and how they can shape others now if that makes sense like, so I guess the heart of okay. the question is, yeah. I, it's kind of interesting. One term I never heard you mention is means of production. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what we all think is, yeah. um, you know, when we use the term democratic socialism, what I usually hear is democratic control of the means of production. So to you, does socialism mean, um, you know, public control of, of sectors or does uh, it or does it just mean a more compassionate version? Of, I mean, I mean, are you a reformist I or mean, do you think the I system think, needs to be overthrown, well, overhauled at least? Well, with for like considering... Um, I believe that all social change is slow, and if we ever go radically, that's when things fail. So that's, See, I just need to interrupt here and say that is the this is the first time I've heard a socialist, yeah, a, a no, self-proclaimed no. socialist. No, yeah, no. <laughs> they're, well, no, it's they're hardcore because, well, reformist. Well, no, it, it's my. I think my entire point is that we can have these ideals and these values, and I believe there are a lot of actions we can take that are uh that would seize um the means or you know at least limit private uh involvement in certain sectors where i don't believe there should be like healthcare, or um you know i believe our election should be state run i don't believe that candidates should be able to pay anything to have elections so run. public think, public financing yeah public mean, financing okay. for elections um and you know, there's a lot of other things or policies that I believe we could pass, but ultimately, I mean, it's we are on this 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 uh, spectrum, like we're on this gradient, and we're constantly changing. And you know, for me, I I personally believe this to not like the time for like democratic socialism is coming because we've been instilled the value that our own individual voices matter like then that's one thing that's never really happened in society like capitalism is the one thing that kind of gave that like i will the grant individualism it. is gonna well and then well, that's and well, this is the thing. well and this is a thing that i think is really important because i think social or like democratic socialists or socialist whatever typically say well like screw capitalism right like we need to get rid of capitalism like it was so horrible like look at all the horrible things capitalism's done and it's true but Look at the benefits in regards to what it has done for self-conception, for, for, for our self-conception, and right. for our idea of what it means to be a citizen. Because, like, no other economic system prizes the individual more than capitalism. And so, for me, it's like I think to get beyond, it's like this weird, it's this weird game that's being played of like we've constantly been like the oppressed masses by like the you know the oligarchies that rule the world of corporations or whatever and i think that now we're 
realizing that we have some political power in ourselves and that we've been taught that and that like you know with that understanding we can choose whatever we want so at this point when if we democratically decide to move in a socialist direction then why then is that just i feel like that's just a reflection of better values like better more compassionate um you know I think like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez like says it so well when she talks about how we are the wealthiest nation in the world. We're the wealthiest nation in the world. And you see so much progress made. But there is such inequality still. And it's insane of like if that inequality was even halved, even halved, how much better our communities would look if they had actual like investment in them. And that's my biggest thing. So. All right. Well, um, this is Logan Stensing. Um, thank you for joining us. And yeah. you, you heard it here today on the horse race, a, a moral case for uh, democratic socialism coming from a, <laughs> coming from a kid from uh, El, Dorado. El Dorado, Kansas. So, you know, if nothing else, that, that should be something interesting to get, to get your day going. So uh, thanks for joining. Yep. Hey, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. <laughs>